Well, good morning, everybody. It is uh, so good to be back with you. Uh, Sue and I uh, are glad to be back worshiping here. We just returned from a two-week mission trip to Puerto Vallarta and had a great week of ministry with our team, wonderful team. And in that week, we led a vacation Bible school. Kids loved us. We loved them. We got so many hugs. Uh, people said goodbye to us at least like four times. That's just what you do. Uh, we uh, be helped begin a young mom's ministry, trying to do some of the kind of things that Real Hope is doing uh, in, in Puerto Vallarta. Hosted a woman's uh, tea and a leader's dinner and had a big day where we went out in the community and invited people to just come and check out what it was like to be at Lavinia. And many new people came. It was wonderful. And then Sue and I got to stay a second week to encourage Mario and Letty, who pastor the English-speaking church, Grace Vineyard Vallarta, and the Spanish-speaking church, La Cosecha, which means harvest. And we want to thank you for supporting us with your prayers and your finances. Couldn't do this without you. Uh, we hadn't gone in three years, and our friends were so grateful that you sent us. And we plan to go next year, the week after Easter, which, by the way, I looked it up, is April 9. So you could put that on your calendar. We'd love to have you pray and think about being part of a team and going with us, because God has changed our lives and the lives of so many as we've served together in Mexico. Now, this year's trip presented a unique challenge for ministry. Mario and Letty's 31-year-old uh, son-in-law, Angelo, died of a brain hemorrhage six weeks before we arrived. And uh, he leaves his wife, Anael, and three young children. Anael was eight. Excuse me. Luna, who's four, and Mario, who's two. And their family, of course, is grieving deeply, and we're grieving with them. We are grateful on one of our previous trips. We had the opportunity to pray with Anilo, and he gave his life to Jesus. And so he is now in the immediate presence of Jesus, enjoying his presence. But we miss him, and we grieve his loss. He was a wonderful husband and father and friend. And I encourage you, please pray for them when you think of it. God is helping them through his presence, his people, and his words of hope. Now, life is full of challenges and difficulties and losses, isn't it? Uh, one of these days, I'll actually do a message where I won't actually cry. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure when. But anyway, one of these days. Um, but thankfully... Uh, we have Jesus for all of this. We've had more people pass away here at River Heights in the last three years than at any time in our history. Thankfully, we can grieve these losses with hope because Jesus has risen from the dead. He has sent his spirit to comfort us, to empower us, and to guide us forward. One of the wonderful gifts God's given us to help us walk through the challenges of life is the book of Psalms. And we're in the midst of a six-week series exploring the various types of psalms. Pete opened the series by sharing a wonderful message on Psalm 40, a psalm of thanksgiving. And then Barbara Pelletier shared a heartfelt message on Psalm 46, a psalm of trust. I got to listen to both of them while I was sitting on a patio looking out on beautiful Bonderas Bay in Vallarta. It was a wonderful way to go to church. <laughs> you should try it. Anyway... 
Today, I want to share some thoughts with you from Psalm 1, which serves as the introduction to the whole book of Psalms and is a psalm of wisdom and instruction. And I want to explore three questions with you. Number one, what is wisdom? Number two, why is wisdom so valuable? And three, how can you and I grow in wisdom? Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that you are full of wisdom, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you're so generous and you want to share that with us. Lord, we, we, we say to you, we need you. We need your wisdom and your love and your power. And we need you to meet with us today. So we thank you that you're here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so first of all, what is wisdom? Pete mentioned in his message that wisdom is the ability to make good choices over the long haul of life. I love this definition, partly because I'm in the, toward the back end of the long haul of life. Anyway, uh, it captures the very practical nature of wisdom. Now, another definition I love emphasizes the source of wisdom. Wisdom is the God-given skill or ability to do life well. You want to do life well, don't you? I sure do. I've done life poorly at times, and I've done life well. Well is better, <laughs> and I would like to live that way. And God wants that for you. He wants you and I to live a fully flourishing life, and he has the wisdom that we need to do that. Proverbs 3 tells us God created the world in wisdom. So I think godly wisdom, then, is learning to live in line with the way God has designed us and made creation. It's going with the grain of creation instead of against the grain. All right, so that's what is wisdom. Two, what is, why is wisdom so valuable? Well, I think, first of all, we're creatures. We're dependent on God and each other, and God has designed us to learn from him and to depend upon him. And so we need his wisdom in every season of life and every situation we go through. I needed wisdom when I was a young child. And when I was a teenager, unfortunately, I did not know then that God loved me and that he would give me wisdom if I asked. So I never asked. My bad. Uh, I came to Jesus as a 19-year-old college student, and so I, I experienced his wisdom as a young adult, a middle-aged adult, now as a mature adult, whatever that means. I need wisdom for making good decisions, for building healthy relationships, for doing good work, whether it's paid or unpaid, for managing my time and money wisely, for loving God and his people well, for serving God's purposes with all my heart. Proverbs 3, this isn't going to be on the screen, I'm just going to read it to you. It tells us about the value of wisdom. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver. Her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life with her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her and happy are those who hold her tightly. Wisdom is so valuable. Now we've grown here at River Heights over these past 30 plus years because God has given us wisdom, often just when we needed it. We're in this facility because God gave Pete a word of wisdom through Steve Nicholson, who's from the Evanston Vineyard, several years ago when they were on a mission trip in Turkey. 
Pete was talking to Steve and said, you know, we're, we grow, we kind of hit a ceiling and we, and we drop back. We grow and we drop back. We grow and we drop back. It's kind of frustrating. Why aren't we growing more? And Steve said, you have a capacity problem. You're a healthy church. You're doing all kinds of good ministry, but there's not enough room for the people that God wants to make part of your family. You need more space. Pete comes back, he shares that word with us as, as leaders, and after much prayer and strategic planning and incredibly generous giving from you, we're in this edition now. And so we now have two English-speaking services here and two Spanish-speaking services in our original auditorium every Sunday, plus all of you online, and we're so glad you're here with us. It's awesome, because remember, our, our mission here is to help a growing number of people love God, love people. And change the world. I'd just like to do a little experiment here. If, if, if you've come to River Heights since this addition has been built, would you, would you just raise your hand and kind of wave? Could you look around? Look at that. Isn't that awesome? We had a similar kind of percentage in the first service. I'm sure if I asked at Lavinia, it'd be, it'd be like that as well. All right. Uh, so wisdom helps us grow. Now, I've discovered that I especially need wisdom when I'm going through trials and difficulties. I so needed God's wisdom and the help of our own children and the Vineyard family when my wife Sue got very sick and almost died while at a Vineyard conference in 2015. I was knocked off balance by this, by what was happening to Sue. I was like a bobblehead. I was so wobbly. God gave a vineyard pastor at Tapestry Vineyard in Elko a word that an evil spirit was chasing after Sue and I. And she prayed and commanded to, to leave us. I'm so glad. And then minutes later, Justin Law texts us, I'm reading Psalm 23.6, I think it's for you, that says this, Surely your goodness and mercy will chase after me all the days of your, of your life. <laughs> And you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sue and I have experienced God's goodness and mercy running after us. We sang about that today. Do you know that God's mercy is running after you because he wants to chase you down and hug you and show you his love and bring healing and mercy to your life and call you to much bigger things, much greater things than you could ever imagine. I think that's kind of probably what he's done with Karen and her group. Bigger adventure that you could be part of. I believe that was a word of wisdom that God gave Justin from the Holy Spirit, and we're so grateful he shared it with us. It so centered us and helped us. Now, James, in his letter to suffering followers of Jesus, he encourages us, them and us, to ask for wisdom at all times in life, but especially when you're going through trials. He says this, this will be on the screen. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity. That's what you do, right? You just always immediately think, oh, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> I eventually get there. It's often not my default. But it's an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, <laughs> Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you. My translations, he won't yell at you or criticize you or say, 
Come on, I told you that years ago. Didn't you remember? He will never do that to you. Can I just say this to you? If you've had the experience in life where you've been shut down by people, maybe by, lead, maybe by leaders, maybe by other people in authority, you know, God wants to heal you from that because he will never shut you down. Amen. He so wants you to have the wisdom that you need for your life, your whole life. Reading and praying the Psalms has, over these past 50 years of following Jesus has helped Sue and I grow in wisdom and experience God's presence as we have walked through many trials and challenges. And the church throughout history has found the Psalms to be wonderfully helpful. Athanasius from North Africa, an ancient church father, wrote this. Whatever your particular need or trouble, from this same book, the Psalms, you can select a form of words to fit it so that you learn the way to remedy your ill. The Psalms help us in all seasons. And Tim Keller, uh, in his wonderful daily devotional, The Songs of Jesus, which is on the Psalms, says this. Psalms are like medicine. They lead us to do what the psalmists do, to commit ourselves to God through pledges and promises, to depend on God through petition and expressions of acceptance, to seek comfort in God through lament and complaint, to find mercy from God through confession and repentance, to gain new wisdom and perspective from God through meditation, remembrance, and reflection. All right, so wisdom is so valuable for you and I. How can we grow in wisdom? Psalm 1 can help us. Let's look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Prospers means to break out and move forward in life. Not so the wicked, they're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. It's a beautiful psalm. My wife Sue mentioned that when, back when we were homeschooling our kids, we did that for a short period of time because we have kept having kids and teaching became more difficult. But when we were doing that, this is one of the psalms we encouraged our kids to memorize. And I'm sure they did an awesome job with it. And I could ask them right now and they'd tell you. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, but I love this psalm. Let's just take a look at some of the aspects of it. First of all, it talks about a blessed life. What is a blessed life? A blessed life is a life that is joyful, fulfilled, and satisfied. It is a fully flourishing life. Can I just say to you, a blessed life is really possible for you and me. Sometimes we might not feel that way. Sometimes we've gone through so many things, it's like, what? Does God even know I'm here? Yes, he does. And he loves you and he wants to bless you. He told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to all the nations on earth. That's a promise that's to all of us in life. Sue and I are thrilled that when we, we feel, always feel like we get more when we're in Mexico than we give. Our friends think, no, 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 we get more and we argue about who gets more. Kind of, we're kind of silly about like that. But anyway, we all are blessed when we do those things. So, how do we experience a blessed life? Well, notice here that the blessed person makes good choices. 
And so they, there's some things they don't do, and there's some things they do. They don't walk in step with the wicked. That deals with behavior. They don't stand in the way that sinners take. That deals with our, with our thinking and our processing. And they don't sit in the company of mockers. That means their circle of belonging where they get their primary guidance and counsel in their life doesn't come from people that are, that are, that are resisting a, a God. It doesn't mean we're not with other people who don't believe. Of course, we need to be in this world because Jesus loves this world. And how in the world are we going to be helpful if we're not there? It just means we get our basic counsel where? We get it here by meditating Delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night. What's the law of the Lord? Well, that was the Torah, which means teaching or instruction. And for us now, it's, it's the whole Bible. We can learn to meditate day and night in the whole Bible. What does it mean to meditate? Richard Baxter was a British pastor in the 17th century, and he became very ill and thought he was dying. So he decided to meditate on Scripture month after month, so he could experience God's presence and his comfort. And then amazingly, he didn't die. So afterwards, he wrote a book called The Saint's Everlasting Rest. And you can still get it on Amazon, amazingly. He talks about meditation this way, and he describes it. To meditate is to fix the mind on a particular truth and speak to your heart about it until God comes near and you sense his presence. I'll say it again. It is fixing your mind on a particular truth and speaking to your heart about it until God comes near and you sense his presence. Do you know that I think the most important person for you and I to talk to is God? And you know who the second most important person for you and I to talk to is? It's yourself. You know, we sang about that thing to our soul. Now, I do this all the time. I talk to myself all the time. Sue teased me last week because I had, I was, I was, you know, my mouth was moving. I wasn't saying anything. Who are you talking to now? Uh, I got embarrassed. I, I'm practicing preaching, honestly. Uh, so here, if you learn to do this, then when you do that and people give you a hard time, you can say, "I'm meditating on the Bible. Leave me alone." Okay. So, so we speak to ourselves in this process. Another way of looking at meditation is, meditation is taking a truth of Scripture and pressing it into your heart until it catches fire. Remember the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that Jesus met? They said this later, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the Scriptures to us? You know, you and I can meet Jesus. Now it's by the Spirit, but it's the same Jesus that they met. You and I can meet Jesus as we read and meditate on Scripture. Now, it talks about doing it day and night, which simply means consistently and regularly. I have found it so helpful to develop some regular habits and patterns. About three years ago, Sue suggested to me, hey, I think you'd really benefit from reading the Bible in one year. And I responded like I usually do. I got my own ideas. Thank you very much. Uh, but then eventually I listened. I thought, ah, maybe I'll try this. I've been doing it for the last three years. Bible in one year comes on my phone. It's from Nikki Gumbel and the Alpha folks. There's either a psalm or a proverb, but New Testament passage and an Old Testament. A few comments and some prayers. It's awesome. It'll take you through the whole Bible in a year. And I've done it now for the last three years. Sue was right. I'll admit it in front of God and everybody, as she so often is. I'm grateful. I also do read the psalm or the proverb of the day. Like today I read Psalm 8 and Proverbs 8 because it's May 8, right? Uh, 
I've also recently discovered the, the BibleProject.com. Maybe many of you, some of you have been there way before I ever knew about it. I just learned about it last year. It's awesome, full of wonderful videos on all books of the Bible and themes and so on. Anyway, those are some ideas. But find something. Find something that helps you day after day. What does it mean to delight in the law of the Lord? It means to love God's Word, to enjoy spending time with Him. Not simply reading out of duty. Think about what you delight. Is it hard for you to do that? Like, I delight in my kids and my grandkids. It's not hard for me to be with them. I want to be with them. Do that today. It's wonderful. God wants to build a relationship with you that you meet him and he delights in you. What are the results of meditating on Scripture day and night? Psalm 1, 3 to 4. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. So there's a sense of stability here and like resilience as you're grounded, you're centered in Christ. Paul actually says, let your roots go down deep into the love of God. God wants you and I to be like planted. It's interesting that like oak, tree, oak trees, I'm not, I don't know a huge amount about trees, but I know this, that it's important to plant oak trees as a grove. Like if the big strong wind comes and there's one oak tree, it'll go over. But if many oak trees are planted together, they won't. You know why? Because under the ground, the roots intersect. And so there's increased stability. So there's stability for you, but there's more stability even for us as we're together planted. And we're planted by streams of water. We have access to a never-ending supply of God's nourishing love. And so Jeremiah expands on this and says this, they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep in the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. There's another wonderful psalm here. Psalm 92 talks about those who learn to do this regularly, that even in old age, they will be vital and they will stay very green. It's an awesome privilege for all of us. All of us are moving toward old age. Some, some of you have a long time until you get there. Some of us have a short time until we get there. But we can stay very green our whole life long. All right, I'm going to skip the Matthew passage. We're going to go right to the Psalm 1, 5, and 6. He concludes, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the... Excuse me, i got to back up. So you'll notice the contrast. Streams of water, we, yield, we bear fruit every season, we don't wither, but the wicked are like chaff, and the wind blows it away. 5 and 6, so the wicked won't stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. It's a little bit of a hard-feeling ending here, but what he's basically saying is your life choices, your choices over your whole life really make a difference. If you make really good choices in life toward God, it, it, you'll, you'll bear fruit your whole life long, and God will watch over your life if you choose to turn away and be hostile to God. Well, there's going to be some results from that. God doesn't want that, but there are results. So those who reject God's gracious offer of life will miss out on the joy of being part of the people of God now and in the life to come. But you and I, however, we can experience God's protection and peace in the midst of all of our challenges. 
The Lord knows everything about you, and he loves you. Both of those things are important. It wouldn't be so great if he knew everything and he hated you, right? But he loves you. He knows your secret desires, longings, hopes, and dreams. He knows your secret struggles and sorrows. And he loves you incredibly. And he wants to help you and I grow through every trial, every season of life. So where do you go for help and peace, joy, love, when you're going through a difficult time? Jesus invites you and I to come to him. He says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Let me teach you. Meditate in my teaching, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. Jesus wants you and I to come to him today and every day. So maybe this is the day for you to begin a relationship with Jesus. That would be awesome. I'll just, you know, I did not know how to do that. I had friends that helped me. So I'm just going to tell you a simple way. Use words that we always use. Sorry, please, thank you. Jesus, I'm sorry that I haven't always followed you. I'm sorry for things I've said and done. I'm sorry for choices I've made. Thank you for coming and dying on the cross for me so I can be forgiven for everything. Please come into my life, take my life, and give me the power to live a new life. You can pray that prayer. Jesus will begin the wonderful restoring work in your life. So maybe this is a day for you to begin. I'm going to pray in a minute. You can pray with me. Maybe it's a day for you to return and reconnect to your relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's a day for you to deepen your relationship with Jesus and to ask Jesus for wisdom for a particular relationship or situation or decision that you have in front of you. With your finances, with your health, with your future, God has enough wisdom to go around for all of us. And he's so generous. He wants to share it with you. He loves you incredibly. Let's pray together. And then the worship team, if you guys want to make your way up here, you're going to... We're going to, uh, we love to connect with God through worship and prayer toward the end. While they're coming, I'm going I'm to pray for us. And I would encourage you, let's just say yes to Jesus, whatever your situation may be. And maybe think about something that you really need God's wisdom for and ask him for it. So Lord, we come to you. We thank you that you made us. You understand us thoroughly. Thank you that you sent Jesus. And Jesus, you gave your life for us so that we could be forgiven and clean and have a brand new life. Jesus, we are sorry that we haven't always followed you, haven't always done what you wanted. We all have some regrets, Lord. We just bring that to you now. We thank you that you've given your life to clear away all of our sin and that we can be completely clean. We thank you that you will have power for us to, to live a new life. And so we say, yes, Jesus, we want that. We want to know you, connect with you. We'd like to delight in, in your teaching and learn to follow your teaching, learn to be able to apply it to different situations. But we ask for your wisdom now for these particular things that are on our minds and our hearts. We ask you to help us 
help us as we, as we choose to spend time with you in the Bible, with others and, and alone. Would you help us find a way that works for us? And we thank you that we can bear fruit in this season as a very young person, as a middle adult, as a, quote, mature adult. We thank you for your presence right now. Yeah, I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit now. So uh, I'm going to just give you some things you could do to see this work out more in your life. But I really want to encourage you to experience what God has for you now. You could read Psalm 1, Matthew 7, great passages. I encourage you to pray and ask God to give you his wisdom for something particular that you're concerned about, situation you're facing. And three, would you commit to reading and meditating on just one psalm each day this week? You could just start with one and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's very simple. You know, and God's going to speak to you. He's going to touch your life. Now, the worship team is going to lead us in worship, and they'll dismiss us when it's time. I'd love to have people come up and pray that are on each side. Uh, we have great people on our prayer team, and so I'd like you to like actually see them so that you're confident they're nice people and they'll treat you well when you come up there, because they will. Uh, and uh, as we were worshiping, I had a few thoughts come through my mind that might relate to you for healing and encouragement. When I, I, I saw a band running all the way around ahead, and it seemed like it tightened. So I sensed that somebody is struggling with headaches, and, uh, and sometimes you have real pressure. We'd love to pray for you. I, I saw thoughts just running through a mind. Often I have that, where your mind races and you just can't seem to slow it down. Makes it hard to sleep. Makes it hard to focus during the day. And I think God really wants to bring peace to your mind. Some of you have trouble swallowing, throat issues. Somebody I had to, heard the word thyroid. So somebody's maybe got some kind of thyroid issue, energy related. I had a pain in my neck, and of course this does not mean you're a pain in my neck. <laughs> it does mean you might have a pain in your neck, and we'd love to pray for you if that's the case. And then finally, a wrist. So Lord, we ask that you come as we sing, come and touch us as we receive prayer.